for this. What is nothing? Yeah, that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. I'm your host, Christina P. Thank you for joining. Thank you for downloading. I appreciate it. Big episode today, guys. Um, I'm inspired. It's been a fucking cool, weird week. I'll get into that in a bit. But first, let's take care of some business. Number one, do you shop on Amazon? I know you do. I know you do. Because like me, you're a recluse. Uh, who doesn't want to leave her house unless absolutely necessary, especially when you got an eight-month-old baby. Why Why leave the house if it's not to go do something fun with your kid or um, escape from your child for, for a minute and hang out with your spouse and go get coffee or something, anything. That's why I, I, I use Amazon to do all uh, my shopping, like toilet paper, paper towels, crap like that. Subscribe and save. You know, you better get your entire life and subscribe and save and uh, use my website, that's deepbropodcast.com. What that means is you go to that website, you click on the banner at the bottom of, um, of all the posts, because I post all the episodes there, and you just do your shopping as you normally would, and it, it kicks back some change to the show, and I really appreciate you doing that if you already have. Danke. What else? Also, I'm touring. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to go back on tour. I'm only doing one-nighters. I'm going to Seattle for one night, September 27th at Tacomania, Tacomania, Tacoma Comedy Club. Also, September 28th in uh, Porkland, Oregon, uh, Portland, Oregon, Helium Comedy Club. October 4th, Dallas Tejas at Hyenas. October 5th, Houston, a.k.a. Pustin, Texas, the secret group. And then October 23rd, Indianapolis, uh, Indiana at Morty's Comedy Club. And then October 24th, Cincinnati, Ohio, Go Bananas Comedy Club, where I recorded my first comedy album, It's Hard Being a Person. I have such a soft spot for Cincinnati. I mean... Obviously, for for historical reasons, the Cincinnati fart happened there. For those of you who don't know what that is, uh, there's a Reddit on it now. It's the longest, most powerful recorded fart in the entire city of Cincinnati. And I did it back in August 20th of 2015. Uh, So... Please do your research before you come to my show uh, so we can go over the details. And then December, this is way down the line, but why not? December 9th and 10th, uh, Washington, D.C. at the D.C. Improv. Check it the fuck out. I'm on Twitter, at Christina P. I'm on Instagram, at Christina P. A-Z. And I'm so into Instagram right now. I just, I've decided to post selfies and it's it's been fun. It's been a breakthrough for me emotionally. I feel like I'm becoming part of this generation. I'm getting it slowly i'm still fighting it a little i love this new snapchatty thing they've added it's everybody's new snapchat thing is like is this how you do it whoa (laughs) so dumb if only there were more apps where i could put dog ears uh and a dog nose on my face and write things over my pictures that's what we need as a society right okay 
All right, let's go. Oh, my God. Let's get a... Oh, my God. I just sounded like my sister-in-law for a minute. Okay, here we go. Let's fucking party, guys. Let's get deep on this shit. circle jerks and i got an email during that song too how special is that <laughs> it's like how many times do i have to do the show before i realize i have to close my fucking email god uh. <laughs> oh god anyways the circle jerks back when it was i like i always liked the circle jerks because the, the entire album this album is called group sex is about 30 minutes if you listen to it from the beginning to end it's so retarded uh Anyway, that's that's from my youth. That's a fun one. That's one that people have real sense of humor about uh, punk music, you know, like the Dickies and the Dead Kennedys and all these guys. They, they tried to be funny, like genuinely funny. I lo- I love that. I, I think that's how I I learned what was funny is dudes like this making like boner songs. It's good stuff. So yeah, hi. Uh, this week has been surreal. I had uh, I decided to put some embryos on ice because I'm 40 years old and. At my age, um, having a second kid, your rate of miscarriage goes to like 45%. And I didn't want to go through all that. So uh, I just gave myself the option. You know, important important in life to give yourself options so that you don't feel pressured or rushed. Because um, who knows? Maybe in a year or two, I want another one. I don't know. But I don't want to feel like I, the clock is ticking down and I got to do this thing. So I did that. And it's it's a crazy process. I kind of I kind of just sauntered into it. Like really casually, I was like, "Yeah, no problem. Injections, sure. Surgery, what?" Um, I didn't really do my due diligence. I just kind of rolled into it. Uh, I think I figured, like, dude, I just blasted a human out of my vag in December. What could possibly be harder than pushing a person out of your vagina and you know having your your taint cut? and stitched up and uh, your tits fall to your knees and all the all the above but it's it's a process it's not nearly as bad as childbirth obviously but uh but man you have to inject yourself every day sometimes two or three different injections my and you do it in your stomach fat which i have plenty of so i was like oh this is great but by the end of the injection weeks you're just black and blue from these um injection sites and so crazy but anyway right now as we speak i have i have embryos growing in a petri dish which is crazy to me they harvest your eggs here's how they do it so you take like a month of drugs like hormones they stimulate your ovaries to produce like super amounts of follicles and then you have to do these injections and and after like two weeks of injections then they put you under and they take your eggs out and then they fertilize your eggs 
and they grow them for like five days to see who's a good egg, who's a bad egg. And then you can put them on ice for like, I think it's 10 years. Oh, it's just, isn't that amazing? It's so amazing to me that this even exists. Like who fucking can, it's just so crazy. Then I, I don't know. It, bl- it blows my mind, guys. The world is a wonderful place. We live in a pretty amazing time that uh, this is even an option in my world. So there you go. I got an email, as I always do, from you guys, and I, I think about them sometimes. They stick in my, in, my, uh, in my butthole, as you know. And I, this one, I just read it, and I was like, gosh, if this isn't like, I've, I've just been thinking about this stuff for, for weeks. Um, or maybe we should just, uh, I think we should just call this email segment, I think we should just call it this. You want to know why you're all fucked up? There you go. That's the name of the segment. <laughs> you want to know why you're all fucked up? I'll tell you why you're fucked up. I don't know. Okay, so here we go. I got this email. I'm not going to say... Um, I hate saying names. Uh, hi, Christina. Before I ask this question, haha, I know that Dan Pena would say that this is exactly why I'm fucking poor. <laughs> you want to know why you're all fucked up? There you go. That's why it's so hard for me to ask. Recently... I've been getting my entire life with Talkspace. Hey, now, good for you. Good for you. And I love seeing them boys writing in. You know, I get a lot of emails from men. Believe it or not, I thought for sure this show would just be for women. But man, if I don't get, I would say 70% of the emails coming in from dudes. Isn't that interesting? God, what a, it's just so, it's, I, I would not think that. But hey, good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm really thankful for it and I love it. I think it's important. I think men are so discouraged in, in our society from having feelings. Uh, you guys are just fucked. I mean, look, it ain't easy being a woman, but I think being a guy sometimes is really shitty. I mean, you guys can't have feelings. <laughs> they send you off packing to war. Like, hey, asshole, you take the gun. You go blow yourself up. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> so unfair. <sighs> You guys are just supposed to be brave and suck it up, right? Yeah, that shit is trained. I don't know. Anyway, okay. Okay, so I got my entire life with Talkspace. Good for you. And it has revealed to me that while I have had a very modest amount of success, I often allow people to bother, frustrate, and even disrespect me. I prefer to keep things inside in order to avoid burdening others and being an emotional vampire. As this sits, it festers, and then I unleash a totally undeserved torrent of fuck on some innocent stranger asking me directions or something. Why do I let people I work with or do business with get away with with this that clearly and constantly bother me? Why is it so hard to look someone in the face and say, Hey, asshole, stop being an asshole. Is it that I see them every day and I don't want to make my life more frustrating? Am I just trying to keep people happy at the expense of myself? Maybe I'm afraid of being yelled at because my dad yelled a lot. Who knows? All right, here we go. Uh, the only thing between me and true depression is knowing that no matter what I do, I'll never be as fat as Bort Chrysler. There we go. Bort Chrysler's still fat, guys. That's from your mom's house. So, um, Okay. You got a lot of shit going on here. Um, I'll tell you, I had a problem with this too for many, many uh, years. And 
there's a few things that I have learned, dear emailer, about this very phenomenon. Um, number one is you actually dictate how people treat you. Did you hear that? It's a, it'll kind of blow your mind a little bit, but the reality is you're training people all the time, every day, every moment of every hour, how to treat you. Coworkers, husbands, wives, children, pets, everyone. You're setting the standards, the precedents for the amount of bullshit, bullshit, um, and boundaries and crap that you're willing to take. So, for instance, if someone knows they can't fuck with you, they ain't going to fuck with you. <laughs> but if people know they can fuck with you, they're going to fuck with you. Okay? That's why some people get bullied. I got bullied in, I call it bullying now. I think it's so silly. It, it was just getting your ass kicked. I got my ass kicked. Um, I told a story on Ari Shafir's show, this is not happening. I was goth in seventh grade, and I used to get the fuck beat out of me by this girl, Rosina Johnson. And looking back, the reason, I part in part, uh, number one, I was goth. I was very mouthy. Um, but I was also an easy target because I put myself out there as a target, meaning, you know, the black outfit, the boohoo me thing. I was putting it out there to kind of get picked on. And I was also a smart mouth and I talked a lot of shit. So that really didn't help too. I'm not saying that you're a welcoming bullying emailer. I'm, I'm just saying that you train people how. And, um, and it doesn't mean that you have to like push back rudely on people. It can mean that you don't react to certain behaviors. I don't know if you've ever raised a puppy, um, an animal. <laughs> it's similar. It's so funny because there's so many parallels to raising dogs, um, as there are for like, it applies to so many things in life because animals feel your energy. You know, if you ever listen to Cesar Milan, and yes, I know Cesar Milan is not a perfect dog trainer. He's got his problems. But uh, what he talks about having this puck leader energies, positive energies, <laughs> uh, it's kind of true. And if you, my dog, for instance, Fief, he's a real chicken shit because he came from Downey. Poor little Fifo is a Downey dog. He was abused. He was neglected. He was left to die in the shelter. And, you know, he had a lot of problems. He had separation anxiety. He still does, even though we got a second doggy to keep him company. He still, you know, he's at his core. He's got some problems. And it's funny because when the thief, he senses when I'm agitated, when I want to hurry him up to go potty because he knows I want to leave him. He doesn't like it. He can just tell by my tone of voice. You know, come here, Fief. It's a gentle. Come on, buddy. Let's go potty. Versus, come on, come on, Fief. Come on. God damn, I gotta go. I gotta get. And he knows that, and he kind of looks at me like, uh, uh-uh, uh, bitch. I ain't coming. I know you're gonna leave me. <laughs> they sense all that stuff. Same with humans. Humans sense fear. Humans sense bullshit. Humans, um, they sense what's going on with you subconsciously. Everybody knows everything unconsciously. That's the truth of the story. Um, so if you set the tone around you that you are not someone to be trifled with you know what i'm saying you're not to be fucked with nobody's gonna fuck with you and if you carry that energy i mean i'm saying you just got to cultivate that don't fuck with me energy i'm not saying be um be a jerk or be aggressive 
but just calm, 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 assertive energy. Yeah. Like Caesar Milan says, it goes a long way, goes a long way. Now, the fact that, the, that you're unleashing, uh, quote, torrents of fuck on innocent strangers. Yeah. It's because you're bottling up the stuff that other people are bothering you. And by the way, okay, here's a fucking <clears throat> Buddhism 101 thing. Uh, other people's behavior really shouldn't bother you. I know that's almost impossible because we're human beings. The reason they say that what other people do shouldn't bother you is because other people's behavior is uh, it's contingent on so many things, on the wind, on their moods, on what's happening. And nine times out of ten, people are acting out on you because of the shit they got going on at home. Maybe their wife yelled at them that morning and now this guy's going to come to work and take it out on you and, and you're taking the bait. You're picking up that trigger. You know, because everyone's just acting out of their own head. Nobody's really seeing you. That's the spooky part is that we're all kind of operating. It's a dialogue with yourself. You're constantly in dialogue with yourself. (laughs) Freaked out yet? It's true. So when you think you're actually fighting with a coworker or whatever, it's your perception of what's happening. (laughs) Everyone's just in their own perception of what's happening. So if you're centered, like I said, and if you know who the fuck you are, and what your energy is, this stuff should bounce right off of you. Other people have nothing to do with you. And boy, isn't that a lesson that took me a long time to learn, is that uh, other people fuck their opinions about you uh, and, and their problems about you, the, the emotional stuff. It's not about you, boo-boo. Nine times, I mean, sometimes it is. Maybe you did something that offended somebody, hurt somebody to a point where you need to redeem yourself, but... No, you can't control them. Uh, you can only control your own energy and how you respond to this shit. Um, and by the way, reacting to people, sometimes it's losing your power. When you want to control how they behave, you're losing your power. But what you can do is check them. You just put them in check a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good for instance. I'll think of one eventually, but it it really is about letting people know your boundaries without being a jerk, just keeping your cool. Because whenever you let someone rile you up to the point of you lashing out, then they've taken your power from you. That's the problem with all this stuff. And the reason that uh, you're afraid of checking some people, I think, I'm assuming, is for a very primal reason, which is disapproval. You don't want disapproval. Uh, There's a reason the tribe... The tribe functions on on approval. Uh, we're taught as little kids very early, if you behave the way mommy and daddy want you to, everything's cool and you're loved. But if you're not behaving well, well, maybe you're not going to be loved as much. And whether or not mommy and daddy mean to impart that message on you, they kind of do. And, and, that, and society does reward you for keeping in line and for doing what other people want you to do. That's how you're trained in school as a kid too. I mean, how the hell, I don't know how to train people not to <laughs> kind of respond that way, but but the fact is that if you check someone, if you say no, if you assert a boundary, you're going to piss somebody off, and they're going to have to deal with those feelings, <laughs> and that's scary for someone. If you're telling me that your dad did yell a lot, uh, maybe you were yelled at for asserting your boundaries as a kid, and... Um, and that's why it might be scary for you as an adult because uh, disappointing people is part of life. It is a, I disappoint people constantly, but I can't control 
how they feel about me. I can't control uh, anything outside of what I'm trying to do, you know. Uh, but yeah, you might have a fear of disappointing others. And you're going to dis- That's the thing is that there's nothing you can do to not piss off, disappoint, agitate somebody else. Because here's the, here's the converse of that. Let's say you're trying to please everybody all the time. There is no possible way because everybody changes. The perceptions, they're judging you. People are judging you every day. You're listening to me, judging me, judging my voice, judging what I say, judging what I'm going to say next, judging, judging. It's just human. That's what we do. Is she like me? Is she not like me? Did I like that? Did I not like that? That's fine. That's the process. But that's why, I, I, for instance, I can't change how I do this show depending on you know, one person emails me, I don't like that you say this and this and that. Okay, that's your right to say it. But I can't change the show depending on what you think. <laughs> it's not going to work. Otherwise, I'll spend all day trying to change for your whims because your whims change. My whims change. Everybody changes all the time. It's an ongoing thing. So, number one, keep talking about this shit with your therapist. Um, if you're letting people to bother, frustrate, and even disrespect you, it's a boundary shit, and you got to work on that. And you're not you're not an emotional vampire. I think by the emotional vampire thing, I mean people that. Um, that's when someone really <laughs> clings to you, calls you every day, and cries about <laughs> nonsense to you. Like, oh, those people are the worst. I don't think you're an emotional vampire. Uh, but then again, you don't have to unburden yourself to your coworkers either. Don't talk about your feelings with your coworkers. That is rule number one. Nobody wants to know your personal shit. Save your personal shit for your shrink and for your girlfriend and your friends. When you're in the office, I'd say you need to put on the facade of being calm, collected, and in motherfucking control. You know what I'm saying? That's how you got to go into everything professional. Yeah. I hope that helps. Hey, asshole, stop being an asshole. Yeah. Well, you're having a hard time saying that to somebody because you're afraid uh, that they're not going to like you. That's a very, very, very understandable fear. But one, you got to get over. <clears throat> you really got to get over that shit. Because you're never going to be universally liked all the time. Think about it. Is there even a book everybody likes? No, not even the Bible. That's the most read book, but not everybody likes it. We're all different. All different. All different. All looking for approval. Approval. Don't look for approval. God. But you got to put some motherfuckers in check. Especially for dudes. I know that's a big deal. Um, Is the pack, the order of the pack and all that shit. Women are a little more, you know, passive aggressive with boundary stuff. But dudes, dudes are... I've seen my husband check people. It's pretty funny. I learned how to do it from watching him a lot, you know, and someone says some some shit to him. He'll be like, wait, did you just say that blah, 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 blah? (laughs) Makes me laugh. Okay. Next email. Uh, Here we go. Hi, mommy. I'm a 16-year-old non-binary and poly guy. (laughs) All right. And I'm in 11th grade. Good for you, 11th grade. Oh, my gosh. What a horrible year, huh? 12th grade is going to be great. 11th grade. That's a hard year, man. You got to take your SATs, start writing those long-ass term papers. All right. As the subject says, he wrote in the subject line, I have a foot fetish. I haven't had a lot of involvement with the ladies, but the few I have been romantically involved with dropped me soon after I revealed my dirty secret. 
What I wanted to ask you is when I do get in another relationship, how long should I wait before revealing my secret? It's also a huge source of shame for me and I don't feel like I can tell any of my friends. So it's like it's eating away at me. Anyhow, whatever advice or opinions you would have, we more than appreciate it. Okay. Number one, I'm so um, proud of you and amazed by you that at 16 years old, not only are you non-binary and poly, (laughs) but that you know you have a foot fetish. Congratulations. Most people would be in denial about such a thing and would push that one deep down, deep down into the recesses of their uh, subconscious mind and end up choking small hamsters out of frustration or, um, you know, acting out in other bad ways. So it's good that you actually know what you like and that you're not afraid to articulate that. That's fucking great. Of course, you haven't had a lot of involvement with ladies. You're 16 years old. Um, and I hate to break it to you, but I have a feeling because 16 is so young, um, it might be a little while. It might be until college that you'll find the girl who will be down for this. Only because college, a little more mature, a little more outgoing. 16-year-old girls, I don't know. I mean, I remember being one. You know, you're just kind of getting started in in the sex world and, and you're just kind of, um, you know, you're at the junior varsity level of sexuality. You're just, uh, you're just trying not to get pregnant at 16, as far as I recall. <laughs> um, and then by college, you're like, okay, I kind of get the hang of this. So I would say hang in there and um, wait a little bit longer to, until you, or, or date older women. I don't know. Um, okay, so let's say you're in college. I'm going to fast forward your life a little bit because you're asking, when do I get into a relationship? How long should I wait before revealing my secret? Now, this should go for uh, every, every quote secret that you have, every shameful detail of your sexuality or whatever it is that you feel you need to share with your partner, I would say wait until you're in some kind of a monogamous-ish thing until it's like you guys are sexually involved already and, and maybe exclusive and you have feelings and things are going well for you. Because <laughs> women tend to be more... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Adapting, adaptable, amenable to requests when they like you, when they feel safe with you, when they know that you're going to respect them and that there's a mutual thing happening that's good, then it's not a dirty, shameful thing. It just is the thing that you guys do. But that takes a little bit of time. Uh, I don't have an exact, you know, I can't tell you one month, two months, three months. I can say that when you feel as though there's some intimacy that's established and trust, that's probably a good time. Now, the converse of that, the other way you can do this, um, and I've seen a lot of dudes do this, is just throw it out there constantly that that's what you're into, that that can work too, where you just are like, hi, my name is Dan, I'm into, I have a foot fetish, and you just fucking throw it out there enough that people aren't phased by it, and eventually you will find the right person who's like, great, Dan, guess what? Because I have a great pair of feet that I would love you to... uh, assault with your penis or whatever. Uh, now that approach generally works better for gay dudes. I've found that the more you just throw it out there, there's another dude who's like, absolutely. Like, <laughs> I got your frequency. I got your transmission. Thank you. Uh, here it is. So again, women, 
tend to be a little more, uh, you just got to ease them into something like that. And, uh, yeah. And I don't think, and I know it's a huge source of shame for you and I'm sorry that that's the case. And I'll tell you, I I think why it is, is because Americans are so fucking uptight about sex and sexuality. We're still very puritanical about it, even though you'll see images of half naked women everywhere in advertising. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're, we're open to different sexual practices. Uh, it's still very, you know, heteronormative peener in whole stuff. And, um, and here's, here's why you shouldn't be ashamed. Number one, it's not your fault. You're hardwired because your reptilian brain likes this. It's not even something you control. It's like, it's like having brown eyes. There's nothing, there's nothing you can do to control this fetish. Um, and being thankful. I think this is a great one to have because a super easy for a woman to accommodate this one. You know, this isn't like a a poo fetish where someone's going to have to dump on your chest in order for you to get off or pee on you or something that's a little more, you know, dirtier, not dirty sexual, just like the cleanup. I mean, a little more, less of a hassle, it's kind of a, it's, I think it's a, gr- a great thing for a woman to, uh, to partake in with you. Why not? It's super easy for her. What does she got to do? Just keep her pedicures up. And uh, yeah, but again, it's your age, kiddo. You may have to wait a little bit before girls come around to where you're at because you're, you're already there emotionally. Uh, but, you know, girls, we're trained to be good girls. We're trained to be a little more conservative. At least I was. I don't know. I went to Catholic school. Uh... I wouldn't tell your friends just yet. I would tell somebody maybe you trust because you are in high school. And as you know, the rumor mill is rampant in high school and in college. I would wait. I would tell people only that you really, really, really trust um, because people talk. And you don't necessarily need that kind of crap in high school. High school is hard enough without being the foot fetish guy of your class. You know what I mean? Uh, So hold off. I don't know. There's got to be some kind of internet site for dudes um, that have this, but you're underage. So be very careful about that. Uh, <laughs> wait until you're 18. How's that for advice? Oh my God, you're 16 years old. I shouldn't even be giving advice to you. Wait until you're 18. <laughs> Hang in there. You're almost, you're almost there. Trust me, college is going to be way better. Way better for you. Way better. You're going to like it. Okay. Speaking of college... Uh, Listen, I always advocate higher education only because it's fun. I don't know why. um, College for me is great, man. A place to read books that you're never going to read ever again in your life because you you won't have the time as an adult. A place to meet friends for the rest of your life. The food is terrible, but, you know, you smoke dope, think about cool shit. Now that's for people that have the money to do it. If you're listening and you're like, I can't afford college, my parents don't help me, I can't get loans, whatever, then maybe it's not for you. Because it was it's, it was for me in the sense that I took out loans, my parents helped me somewhat, but I couldn't imagine doing college if it was like ridiculously hard, unless it's something I really wanted to do. Okay, here we go. Where's the next one? Oh, I like this one. Okay. Uh, okay. This one says, why do we as a species look for media that makes us sad? There's nothing objectively attractive about a movie about best friends that both get ALS and waste away. 
but maintain a strong friendship until the end, but they make bank at the box office. You're absolutely right. Now, I have referred to these as white bummer movies. Uh, for some people, white pe- for some reason, white people love bummer movies. Um, that horrible movie where the girl's a boxer and she fucking dies at the end. Million Dollar Baby. Like, I hate it. I hate movies about cancer. Um, I hate movies like that, like that, like that. Like, oh, you become a boxer? Well, God's going to take your life. Stepmom, so he lists them. Stepmom, The Bucket List, Lost, Last Vegas, The Fault in Our Stars, Bridge to Terabithia. I don't even know these last few ones, but he says, just a few that have bummed me out over the years. Adele gets constant plays on my phone, even though she's almost certainly a chronically depressed stalker. Why? Okay. Okay. I'll tell you why. It's actually, at least this is my theory on why, I don't know if it's a racial thing. I don't know if it's white people. I know that white people love to reward bummer movies. For some reason, the the awards always seem to go to like the most horrifyingly depressing movies. Like, wait, you mean fucking, you know, Talladega Nights doesn't get some? That's a good movie. Why why does it always have to be like the deep bummer? Ugh. I, I... I can't watch shit like that. I don't have the, I don't have the fucking time. I will say that I think I think the reason people like sad movies is because it allows you to access sad feelings in you. And for people who don't have direct access to being sad, sometimes uh, the movie allows you to go there and it's safe. And that's the utility of storytelling. It functions for the tribe, right? Stories and storytellers help the tribe. They help them by dealing with things in their own lives. That's why you're attracted to certain themes or certain personalities, right? Because they might help you deal with something in your own life uh, that you need to examine or look at, right? Let's see. Let me think of one. For instance, I don't know why, but I'm thinking of Anthony Bourdain. I just love Anthony Bourdain. I love his persona. I love his travel cooking shows. Um, and his persona, let's say his myth, his story, is that he's this truth-telling, you know, punker, kind of hard around the edges, honest person. And his function as a storyteller is candor, is to be honest. And that's how he functions for the tribe, is that you watch Anthony Bourdain to learn about truth, to learn about truth-telling because maybe that's something in your psyche that you need to, you want to uh, to go to. So sad movies, love movies, all that stuff helps you access the feelings that maybe you can't do. I, I don't personally, I can't watch sad shit because I feel like, because uh, <laughs> I can't. Cause I, fucking life is hard enough for me. I, I feel like I fight, I fight uh, sadness a lot already. <laughs> I don't like feelings. Why, why would I watch the fucking movie that's going to make me feel bad? God, haven't I had enough sadness? Um, then I, I can't handle it, you know, because I'm, I'm too afraid of it maybe. But some, some people, um, they can access those feelings and come, come right out of a sad movie and feel great because they've got to feel those feelings and now we're on with our lives. Um, you know, it's such a funny movie that I really love and I have one in the background constantly. It's this, I love Meryl Streep, by the way. I I just, I I lately, I started loving her. 
Um, that's, there's a stupid movie she did called It's Complicated with her and I, Alec Baldwin, who I love Alec Baldwin. I mean, he's still cute as shit, even though he's you know old and fat. But um, So it's a story about Meryl Streep. And of course, she's like this perfect, sweet mom, blonde. She lives in Santa Barbara. She has three grown kids. She owns a bakery. So like she's constantly baking sweet, wonderful things. So you're like, oh, I wish Meryl Streep was my mom. Oh my God, I love her. And she ends up hooking up with her ex-husband. And of course, that's a disastrous idea because he is remarried and he has a new family. And and she... Um, goes on this self-discovery adventure where she smokes pot for the first time in a million years. She meets Steve Martin and, you know, they have a little affair and it's just the cutest, dumbest movie. And the older I get, the more I'm allowing myself to like dumb shit like that, where I'm like, ah, it doesn't have to be heavy all the time. I think because my head is heavy all the time and I, I have to turn it off. I can't, uh, I can't always be deep, bros. You know, in order to be deep for this show, I gotta, I gotta undeep. I gotta go dumb for, for, for a long time. You know, you gotta do both, right? The light and the dark. Otherwise, you're just you can't you can't be the same all the time. Oh my goodness, I gotta talk about farts and shitting on my other show, and then talk about deep stuff here. So there you go. All right, should I even tackle this last one? I'm afraid. All right, let's do let's do one last one last one. I haven't even read this all the way. So, what do you think, Dan? Should we do it? You want to know why you're all fucked up? Okay, okay. All right, here we go. This one's a long one. Let's see. Okay. Oh, it's similar. She says this. It's from a woman. I've been dating my boyfriend for four years, and we've been living together for two and a half. How old are you? I'm 25 and he's 28. Oh, geez. So you moved in early in life. He's an engineer and I'm an artist. So he obviously is the breadwinner. We live in his house and without his financial support, there's no way I would be able to afford living with anyone other than my parents, which is not an option for me if I want to keep my sanity. We split bills and I definitely make up for not contributing to his mortgage. Not that I think it's my bill to pay by taking care of the dog, cooking, cleaning, and much more. Okay. The problem is mostly one-sided. Me being the one who is feeling like there are issues, I can't help I can't help but be bothered by his laziness and general lack of motivation to do important things in life. I'm a highly motivated person who feels anxious with downtime. I always feel like there's something productive I can be doing. I'm also very organized. Oh, no. You and I would not get along. Enjoy things being neat, especially when it comes to the appearance of the house. God, I love people like you, though. He is exactly the opposite. Oh, no. When it comes to this, he is happy playing video games and lying in bed for long stretches of time. I normally wouldn't have a problem with this, but he neglects doing household work like laundry and mowing the lawn to dick around on his computer. This usually results in me asking him multiple times to take care of what needs to be done. And then most of the time I just end up doing it because I'm tired of asking. Boy, doesn't this sound like every woman's story? I love him, but I do not want to be his mommy. I've even said this many times before, but it doesn't seem to change his behavior. I feel like I'm at the point in our relationship where I have to decide if this is something I can deal with for the rest of my life. And honestly, I don't know if I can. I'm trying to create solutions in my head, but I can't think of any that will realistically work. 
I wouldn't mind doing his laundry and picking up after him, but there would have to be some sort of give on his end. He would need to pick up on other responsibilities to balance it out. But knowing him, those responsibilities would never be fulfilled. I truly feel like we are a great couple. I would like to be with him for this foreseeable future. We don't want kids, and I'm not sure I want to get married. So there's no pressure to advance our relationship anytime soon. We just adopted a dog. We share multiple possessions, so I don't want to just give up because I feel like I'll be destroying the life we're building. I've wondered if I'm being too picky, but my boyfriend has assured me many times that I am right when it comes to this issue, yet he refuses to change his behavior. He tends to shut down and get really quiet when I voice my annoyance over this shit, and he doesn't contribute to the conversation. Sounds great. So I ask you, Christina, what do you think I slash we can do to make our lives easier to be with each other? I want to make our relationship smoother, but I have a big 20-year-old baby standing in my way. (sighs) All right, guys. Did you hear this email? Have you heard your mommy tell you not to make the same mistakes she did? Did I tell you that when I was about this girl's age, 23, 22, I moved in with my boyfriend and all these things that she's saying, I said the exact same shit, more or less at around, no, I was 28 when I left him. She's 25. So do you, do you hear how hard it is when you're not engaged? There's no commitment. She's living with him. She's doing his laundry. She's doing the cooking. She's helping with the dogs. He supports financially, yes. So it's like you're married, except you're not. You have no assurances. He has no reason to change because who gives a shit? Um, and you're, you're a little more enmeshed in this relationship than a normal relationship where you don't live together because, like you say, you own things together. You have this dog together. You have a life that you're, you're growing together. And this is why anyone listening, I do not advocate living with somebody before you're engaged to be married. And I know that's old fashioned. And you're going to say that's so lame. Oh my God, we're you know living together is not a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a big deal for women. Okay. Not for the guy. Guy gets a great time. Look at this guy. He gets his laundry done. He gets his dog cared for. He gets the house cleaned. He gets to play video games and, and sit in bed or whatever. And she's doing all the work. Okay, because that's fucking what happens when you live with dudes who are in their 20s without a commitment. Okay, uh, but listen, okay, so this is, this is why I advise time and time again to the women, wait for a commitment, get a goddamn ring on your finger, and then move in, because that way, let's say you're engaged and you find out the guy is masturbating to kitty porn, you can still go, you can leave him. <laughs> okay. Like I said, the reason he, maybe he's not changing, he acknowledges that you're right. He acknowledges that he's lazy. He acknowledges these things, but he doesn't want to change. That's a problem. That's a big problem. So there's two things you can do. Accept what is. Accept his laziness. Or uh, outsource the problem. <laughs> if he makes more money than you, can he afford to have a maid clean up? Um, can he, can you guys afford to have someone else scrub the toilets, do the dishes, do his laundry? And by the way, I, I highly recommend to the women listening, don't even get started with this laundry shit. I made the same mistake this girl did. My first living boyfriend, I was doing his fucking laundry like his mom. The, remember at the beginning of this episode, we talked about you treat people, you, you train people, sorry, how to treat you. The same goes with relationships. Okay. If you establish in the beginning that you're a mommy, that you're going to cook, clean, 
do laundry, fold his fucking panties, and act like his mother, then that's how he's going to treat you like his mommy, which is what this guy's doing to you because that's the precedence that you've set. So you can outsource this shit, which might save your relationship for a little bit longer. It might work. Uh, How much could a fucking maid be? If this guy's making the money, let him pay. And that way you're off the hook. You don't have to do all that. Then maybe you cook dinner every now and then. Take the dog for a walk. But don't do the fucking laundry because that's why you hate him. You resent him. You resent the shit out of him, right? All right. But are you a great couple? I truly feel like we're a great couple. Uh, I don't know. Are you? Are you happy? It sounds like you voiced your your concerns to this person and he's done nothing to change. Is that somebody that respects your feelings and and uh, where you're at? I don't know. I don't know. And I know it's tough because you're at that age where you're like, oh, I should, you know, I'm, I'm enmeshed. I'm living. I don't want to go live with my parents to get out. And had you not led with that, it sounds to me like you do kind of want to split or see what that's like. Because you're, you're citing that as like the first thing. There's no way I'd be able to afford living with anyone other than my parents, which is not an option for me if I want to keep my sanity. So you, you feel like you're trapped. It sounds like. And that's a terrible way to be in a relationship. And I did the same thing to myself. I fucked myself the same way. You get financially cozy with a guy you're living with without a commitment, without the marriage. And by the way, for those of you listening who go, oh, what's the big deal? It's just a piece of paper. No, don't let someone fucking fool you into, into telling you that nonsense. That's nonsense. That's, that's what guys say when they don't want to commit to you. <laughs> okay, marriage is important. It means that your family, you share a last name, you share money, you share everything. Your family, you're bonded. Okay, it's different than shacking up. It's different than living with some dude and doing his fucking laundry. Believe me. But there's more respect when a man has to uh, give you his life and you give him your life. It's a way deeper commitment. Believe me. It's way different than just living with some fucking boyfriend. Anyway, the point is you bring up that you, it's absolutely, absolutely not an option. I don't know. Is that true? Is there no friend that you could try living with? Um, is there nobody in your life that you could roommate up with? Um, maybe a couple of girls that you knew in college or whatever. Maybe you could live with them. Maybe you could figure something out other than your parents. Um, I don't know, man. I've seen enough of these emails and I've heard enough of this stuff from people over the years that a lot of times the problem is the woman why are you settling for a guy who's lazy and you're motivated? If you're both lazy, I'd say, great, this is a match made in heaven. Why are you settling for a guy that doesn't want to change? Why are you settling for a guy who's lazy and, and shiftless and shitty? That's, that's the problem. The problem ain't him, boo-boo. The problem's you. And you deserve better. I always believe that. You're young enough to walk. You're young enough to try something new. This is why I say use your 20s. Use your 20s to make your mistakes. Don't lock it in. Don't get married to this guy if you're not 100%, okay? And that's, by the way, uh, when you marry somebody, it, I don't, it says here you don't want to be married, so maybe not you, but other people listening. People say, well, when are you ever sure? You're sure, okay? Don't listen to that fucking nonsense too, of these rom-com movies. How can you know? You know, okay? I knew I wanted to marry my husband the minute I met him. I knew we were going to get married. I knew it. 
because he's a good guy. He's a solid fucking dude. And he didn't pull shit like this with me because he respects me too much. And I respect him. So I, I telling you, emailer, look inside yourself. This is a question about you. This isn't about his behavior. Much like the first emailer, this is not about other people. This is about you, what you will and will not tolerate, what you will stand for, and what you're willing to compromise. And if, you're, if you think he's more important than you, okay, then let him keep doing what he's doing because that's what you're doing right now, emailer. You're letting him get away with it and you're miserable. I don't think it's worth it. If I were you, I'm just saying, if I were you, it doesn't sound like you're happy, I would try getting a few roommates and just move out and see how it feels. Give yourself three months on your own with your girlfriends. Three months, though. Don't be a chicken shit. Three full months. And if you still feel like you want this guy, then go back to him. He'll still be there because he's lazy. He ain't moving from the bed. <laughs> he ain't doing shit. Don't worry. You're not going to lose him. <laughs> um, or ask him to help you move. If he's got the cash, Ask for help. Maybe your parents will help you. Maybe your parents like this guy. They might be thrilled that you want to leave him. If you don't want to, I don't blame you. I don't want to live with my parents either. I only did it for two weeks after I graduated from college. That's how I ended up living with a guy. I was desperate to get out of my parents' house and I made a bad decision, boo-boo. God, I wish I could start like a foster home for 20-somethings. I just help you guys out. Like a transitional place that you guys can stay and figure out your lives until you get... A, a job to help you along. God, it's hard being 20. But this is why, okay? So you make your mistakes, boo-boo. You know that this isn't the right one. On to the next one. Guess what? Next boyfriend, super motivated. He's going to fucking pick up after himself. You know why? Because you're not going to get a guy that doesn't do that stuff because it's going to irritate you. You're going to see it and it's going to make your asshole pucker and you can't even deal with it anymore. Trust me. Believe that. Believe it. Believe it. But you don't want to be married, that's fine. I'm just warning you. If you don't want to be married, why live with a guy? Ugh. That's the best of both worlds. You know how French people do it? They have separate houses. Have your own place and then just have uh, boyfriends, lovers. God, that's, that's what I thought I would do in my 20s. It's just uh, keep your own fucking place. Why do you have to have him live with you? You know, you don't want kids. You don't want a family. There's no reason to live with a man. No fucking reason. The reason you live with them is because of your family. It's a it's a marriage. You know the amount of bullshit you put up with. I wouldn't do it without a commitment. No fucking way. Go live on your own. Just bang Puerto Rican studs every weekend. You know, call up this foot fetish guy when he turns eighteen. Have him come over. Hang with him. But uh, yeah, you're free as a bird, man. I was just watching Chelsea Handler. She did some joke on um, Instagram where she was like, you don't have to get married. Say no to marriage. <laughs> and I thought, that's so for some people, that's a really good um, option. Like, it is not for everyone. Then live alone. She lives alone. She doesn't live with no man. She didn't live with 50 Cent. She was just banging 50 Cent. <laughs> you gotta get your entire life. Get your entire life, Chelsea Handler. So there you go. Good, good for you. Good for you. Send me your emails. That's deep bro podcast at gmail.com. Uh, use my Amazon banner. Please go see the movie I narrated. Can we take a joke? It is on iTunes now available for download. It is on demand on um, most cable places. You know, <laughs> cable places. Is that professional enough? 
come see me tour, man. Come out and see me do stand up. I think it'll be a blast. And that's it. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go lay down. I'm gonna go eat something, and I'm gonna enjoy the rest of my day. My little baby jeans and I are here. My husband. My husband is in Baltimore this week, this weekend. Uh, so I'm gonna enjoy the last couple of days with me and the boo boo. Me and the E man. We're gonna chill. He's eight months, man. He's just getting to crawling. He's just. He's just on the cusp of. Um, just changing and ruining everything. I just got used to having a kid that just sits. And now I've heard the the horrors of a crawling baby who's just going to get into everything. He's just going to... I'm already seeing it. It's already starting. He's opening drawers and smashing them. And oh, Good Lord. He's got two little teeth coming in. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Man. So... There you go. Me and the baby jeans. All right, guys. Have a great uh, week. Respect yourself. Don't take anybody's fucking shit. I mean that. Don't take, uh, don't settle. Don't settle. You know, and I hate, it sounds like such a trite thing to say because it is, because it's been said over and over again. But really think about it. I mean, when you think about the bullshit, when I think about the bullshit, I should say that I've settled for in the past, people I've associated with that, in my heart, I knew I, I didn't want to be, uh, you know, doing things with and situations when I lived with a dude in my 20s who was a very nice guy. He was a nice dude. Nothing's wrong with him. It's just he wasn't for me. It wasn't right for me. I needed to have a Tommy Segura. I needed my buns. But you know what's great about stuff like that, about shit situations, is that it teaches you what you don't want, is that you go... Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. I'm not interested in that. I won't tolerate that. I won't do with that. And that's when I met Tommy. I knew. I go, look, that's it. This is all the shit that I want. (laughs) Because I already had the stuff I didn't want. (sighs) Man. Meditation. You got to meditate too. How else do you know what you are, who you are, unless you're centered? You know, if I don't meditate in the morning when I wake up, if I don't do some kind of practice to get my life to get my entire life centered. I'm a fucking mess by 10 o'clock. I'm a mess. I turn on CNN and my attention and my emotions get sucked by that crap. You got to control. It's it's about, it's, it's about you versus you, man. That's all life is you versus you and your emotional world. It's not about other people fucking with you. It's not about it. It's actually about you and what you're going to tolerate and how you're going to react today and what you're going to fucking do. Are you going to grab life by the balls? Are you going to pull as hard as you can today? Are you going to be a chicken? Are you going to let someone step on you, take what's yours? No. You're going to fight for that shit. Right. Right, motherfuckers. All right. That's enough. Um, Okay. Well, until next week, that's been Deep Bros, and I, I hope to see you all very soon. Uh, as I do stand up out in the world. Okay, guys, take care. Have a great week. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with. Philosophize with. Christina P, a.k.a. Miss.
just jeans This ain't your mom's house It's a different theme Gotta be critically thinking Like you caught up at a cocktail party Our thoughts start to sink in John Locke Or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato Maybe Hippocrates Got us talking all properly Topically Just a comedian Discussing these philosophies Serious questions Silly people What's that? That's deep, bro It is the ultimate metaphor for life And you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro That's deep, bro